So what's the difference between suffering in your smiling and smiling from your soul? It's hard to put words around it because it feels so good. You just, um, I've just changed. I've changed in those relationships. Um, and I've changed, that's changed my outlook. Um, I've built my self-confidence and through the process too. And, you know, taken my, taken my own for me, what, what I know I can do, which I questioned. And I know you'll say I still question, but, um, I'm working on it. I'm better. And so that just gives you this powerful happiness from deep inside and it's really hard to explain to someone the difference if you haven't experienced it. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over 10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. Never, I'm consistent with it. Today, I have the amazing and fabulous Deborah Arrington. She is currently the Information Technology Transformation Officer for, for, okay, let me get, hold on, my Southern accent is coming up. I must have been singing country music. I understood it, so it's okay. (laughs) I understood it because it's the same for me. My Southern has arisen. Let me back up a little bit and start over. Sorry. Deborah Arrington is currently the Information Technology Transformation Officer for General Dynamics Bad Iron Works. She has spent the majority of her career in business, business consulting and program management with Oracle Consulting, PWCC, PricewaterhouseCooper, and IBM Global Business Services. Ow! Her experience is across multiple industries, including telecommunications, manufacturing, government, defense, and healthcare and life sciences. She has global experience with IBM, clock that, (laughs) working with various countries on their industry solutions. Deborah has an executive MBA with an international focus. She is a certified project management professional and has a credential in organizational transformation. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. So, Deborah, um, always my first question, which I love. What was going on with you when you were like, you know what? I need to do something different. Let me call somebody. What was going on? Um, I, it's, it's interesting because I was on LinkedIn and I kept seeing your post. I wasn't really thinking I needed anything, but I kept seeing your post. And um, it intrigued me. And I thought, you know, I, I could probably use this. And um, I was thinking when I decided to reach out to you about um, coaching that I was going to get coaching on my career. And then I talked to you and found out that that wasn't my problem, which you assessed in about 10 minutes. 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, I know. And suddenly I started thinking differently and I was uh, very surprised at your astute ability to hit me in the head with what was going on in my mind um, and my life and my history. And I was, you know, I, I couldn't, I could not work with you um, and the team. And that's how I, that's really how I ended up starting working with you. So what was, what was the real challenge that you had? Because here's the thing, a lot of women, and you don't have to go like nitty gritty detail, right? But just a, you know, yeah. the, the, the overarching, a lot of women think that the job, I want something different, even if it's within the same organization or outside of the organization, we think that our jobs um, need to change or something needs to change within the job where really the change that needs to happen is within you. So what was the overarching, because we won't tell all your business on here, like the challenge that you were having that I ended up smoking out in, in the first 10 minutes of the conversation? Well, I think you, you shared that with the name of this talk. Um, and the power of forgiveness. So I already recognized, um, I didn't connect the dots with working with you before I talked to you, but I already recognized that I had, you know, issues with family and others and my history and my life, you know, forgiving and forgetting, even though I'm a Christian and I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And I've been working on it and I was not successful in some of those cases. So, um, and forgiving myself. And so I really, I really didn't realize that not being able to do that effectively and successfully was hindering my ability to do a great job in my career. Because those things in your life, obviously now I know, carry over into your whole life. Um, and if you can't fix them, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to progress like you want to. So that was my was biggest it, challenge. Yeah. What, what was it that I said to you? Um, Cause I'm gangster. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> but we love you. Wait, this is, this is why I was stuttering in the intro. Because I was dragging her five minutes before Leandra would understand, right? And so we got Leandra, Cheryl, and Vincy. We got the clients on the line. They, they're here for you, Deborah. They're here to hold you up. I know, they are. I was dragging her for five minutes before we click go live. So I was still in the mode of. And then I had to come off and be like, welcome, everyone. <laughs> I should have came off your forehead two minutes earlier. At least I would have been able to make the transition. So, I know. Uh, <laughs> so what was it that I said to you um, that made it click? Like, what was that? What was that one statement that you were like? Because a lot of times what I say to people or what I say to women is not necessarily the popular opinion, but you'd be like, you're right. What, what, were, what was one of the things that I said that made you like? In that you know, first conversation we had? Yeah, you, you said your problem goes back to your childhood. You haven't dealt with things from your childhood. And I was like, what? Um, but, you know, I, 
it it did resonate. I couldn't mm -hmm. deny it. I guess that's what I said to you. Wow, I I I wasn't expecting that. How did you know that? Um, and the fact that you figured that out in a five or ten minute conversation scared me because I'm like, whoa, you know, <laughs> everybody sees that. Oh, uh, so that's you know, you just hit the nail on the head, and I I felt it. I knew it. So uh, uh, the thing about it is whenever we have scenarios that continue to happen again and again and again, it's easy to be like, okay, so you've had this happen. Like I talked to a woman a while ago where every two years she switched jobs every mm -hmm. two years. Right. And she was like, I'm, I'm, I get sexually harassed every like, and I have to quit my job every two years. This is a police side story, but it's good. Work with me. Yeah. And I was like, and she's like 55. I said, so you, you've changed jobs every two years for 30 years. You ain't that fine. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen your picture, but ain't nobody that fine where they're going to have to leave their job and their career and keep starting over again and again. That wasn't Deborah's challenge. So you look at sideways like that wasn't Deborah's challenge. I'm just trying to give a story, right? And no, I know. Yeah. Because, but it was because of something you know, that happened from her past that she brought right. into the job. So every time, you know, if you're a person who you say, this job has done it to me again, and it happened in the previous two jobs, where typically that was constant in every new job that you show up in is you. No, and and you did catch that too, as we talked about my career, so. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to blame others mm -hmm. for your own shortcomings or yeah. things you haven't dealt with and and this is the thing is the the challenge that we have is that we will judge ourselves but we can change it does that make sense so it's not necessarily yeah. a shortcoming it's lord forgive me for i know not what i do or angela my, dr my angelo yeah. said and i was talking to the women last night is when you know better you do better so we have to ask for forgiveness of of spending 10 15 you know 20 years i did it i cried for like three days about oh my god i can't believe i spent 15 years of my life and now i'm 40 something my um so anyway let's move on what was most surprising to you um about yourself when you actually started to do the work and started to look within what was most surprising to you well when we when I started going through the forgiveness book and you get to a point where you in the book where you have to write down your emotional triggers and I wrote down a hundred, <laughs> I was like, mm, this is a problem. <laughs> and I just, you know, realized that forgiving myself was as important as forgiving anyone else. And, um, you know, I'll probably jump ahead a little bit, but I had to learn to say no, and I had to learn to be okay with that and, um, protect myself and feel okay to, um, to state how I felt in an appropriate manner, you know, with love and kindness. Um, and so that was that book was definitely an aha moment and, and the calls um, with the team, you know, the ladies who are on the phone and others, it, 
it was so helpful because they had my back and they had been some of them in similar situations or different ones that they were struggling with. And it was a very safe place. You know, a, you can't always talk to people in your life about this kind of thing because, you know, they, they don't want to listen. That's not what they're there for. Um, and I miss my weekly calls because, you know, that was strengthening and supportive. And those are still people who are supportive to me. So. So let's talk about, we'll, we'll stay on that. And then I'll ask you the question about saying no. I have, I have women who reach out to me and they're like, Christy, I want to do one-on-one. And I'm like, no, we don't, I don't do one-on-one anymore. And, and it's not that my one-on-one is not effective because it is. It's because yes. there's so much power in being in a group of other women. What was that? What was, I would say, what was most surprising to you about, you know, being in that group uh, with women who were like-minded? Well, and I'll tell you, I mean, initially when you said that, I was going, oh, I had to work with other coaches and other people. And, you know, I, I got to work with Kathy Wright and Raquel Naranja, and I, they were wonderful coaches wonderful coaches um and they're a little less take you as a prisoner but you know you got to be on occasionally and help with that and i love you for it <laughs> but that whole experience um as much listening and understanding you're not the only you know experienced woman who has things you have to work on and that others can chat with you in the, as you're talking and cheer you on and say, I understand, um, you know, text you later. Um, when we all started dropping and moving to the next phase, uh, you know, there is true love for those people that we worked with. So the experience is valuable that way in a way that I don't think one-on-one -on -one coaching, not that you're awesome, you are awesome, but having that other people and getting used to talking about yourself in front of other people in a trusting environment and get feedback is, um, you know, something that is a good experience and a good thing to learn how to do. Not that you can do it every day, but it does help you in your life, I think. Ooh, that's good. So Kathy's on. Uh, Kathy said thanks. Uh, You're awesome. Yeah, Kathy. Kathy is like I call Kathy the silent assassin. <laughs> you said take you as a prisoner. I have a different coaching style. It's a little different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we got Leandra um, repping Team Raquel. Raquel has her own group now. Oh, um, okay. You're lucky. She's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. So so here's the thing. Um, I always talk about how women are suffocating. Right. Like mm -hmm. we're suffocating in silence and we can't tell anybody. So to have our or we, we tell people who don't listen or they don't understand. Yeah. So to have a place where you can actually express how you really feel without judgment. It's so yeah. amazing. Go ahead. And I want to say, you know, um, I mean, I started working 
quite a few years ago. And it's not, what it's not is a bunch of, you know, powerful women getting on a call and, you know, complaining about the men they work with, which would have happened when I came out, I got out of college and became a professional. You know, it's a different mantra today. You know, today it's about what do we need to do ourselves? It's not their fault. You know, it's, it's how we work with them. And that's always been how I felt, but it was a minority point of view, you know, when I got out of college. So I just want women who are considering this to know this is not a, you know, um, what I don't want to say, a capital B session. That's not what it is. It's a, a learning session. It's a, you know, helping session. And um, you have to come with an open mind and wanting to work on yourself. Yes, that's the key. If you want to just talk about your job, y'all got to go somewhere else. Right. And I tell women all the time, I've talked to women who I get on the phone and they're like, I want my boss to see me differently. Okay, great. Do you want to change? No. (laughs) I want him to change how he sees me. But do do you want to change? They are deathly afraid of changing. You can't blame them when you are the common denominator. Right. You're creating the, your own suffering. Again, less last night, like, how am I, am I creating suffering for myself? Is what I told the women last night to ask themselves when they're angry, because you got to work with angry women who I love. You weren't angry. I work with some angry women. I love yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> and, and angry women like to be right. Powerful women like to be right. So there's a difference between expressive anger or holding on to it. You're kind of like that smoldering, <laughs> smoldering rage with a smile on your face. That's even more dangerous. <laughs> than yeah, and I remember yeah. when I worked on my forgiveness um, that I came back after an experience that everybody was in the journey with me. And the next week, I think it was, you know, Kathy said, oh, my gosh, you look so happy. And so even though I was smiling, it wasn't deep in my soul until I I followed the, the rules and I listened to what I was being told. And I in very scary, you know, it was a very scary moment for me. I I did what I needed to do. And then to come back to that trusting group of people who I believed and trusted and had been on that journey and had them say, wow. And then everybody started saying it, you know, wow, you look so different. Um, That's very powerful, you know, very powerful. So, so what's the difference between smiling? Cause I always say it's a Mm -hmm. bunch of women with some cracked smiles. I can see it too. We can see it. Once you're on the other side of it, you can see how many women are suffering while they're smiling. Woo, yeah. that was good. So what's the difference between suffering in your smiling and smiling from your soul? Um, oh, that's a good question. It's hard to put words around it because 
it feels so good. You just, um, I've just changed. I've changed in those relationships. Um, and I've changed, that's changed my outlook. Um, I've built my self-confidence and through the process too. And, you know, taken my, taken my own for me, what, what I know I can do, which I question. And I know you'll say I still question, but um, I'm working on it. I'm better. And so that just gives you this powerful happiness from deep inside. And it's really hard to explain to someone the difference if you haven't experienced it. Trust me, it's worth it. So you're you're still in the monthly, so you're not done. You're I'm not still, done. I'm done with the weeklies, but you're, no, you're I'm still with, in the monthly. I just had to miss last week. It's all right. So so here's the thing. Like what you what you what you just said, I you was like, you're gonna say you're still working on it. That's why it's that's why we have the continuing. Yeah, that and it's sense? great. Yes, it's great. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I I wanted to there was so much power uh in your ease now. Right. There's so much power in your forgiveness that I wanted to address that today. A year from now is going to be completely different. So we haven't talked about the other part yet because you're still in that journey. But what you can share is a part of 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 where you are right now, and what you've conquered. And so I, I talked to a, a young lady a couple months ago and she said that she was coaching and she was nervous about going too far with people. And I said, you can only teach somebody what you are. Right. And once you start to get past what you haven't done for yourself, but what you've read about, then you've gone too far. So we can only teach you, Kathy can only teach you the peace that she has. And then all the other things fall into place. So we're still working on you. Still a work in progress. And we're going to get I'm going to bring you back three months from now. You'd be like this update on Deborah. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about you saying no and being okay with that. What, what was it like to consciously? <laughs> Cause typically we unconsciously say yes to a lot of stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And then, and then we're mad. What was the, what was it like the first time you consciously said no to somebody? Well, um, it was really scary. And I, in that conversation, had to repeatedly stop the other person and say, okay, I need you to stop talking and listen to me. I need you to hear me. This is about what I need to say. And um, that was difficult, but we got through it. Um, and then I got through the conversation and we had hugs and, you know, I, I felt immediate relief, immediate because I had finally said what I needed to say and truly had forgiven because when you can't say what you need to say and say you know, no to the things that are continuing to go on. Um, and I gave options, you know, I didn't go in and just say, 
no, I said no with these options. Um, so that they had a pro an opportunity to, to make, to be part of that, right? To make their own choices and have to live with those. Um, and so it, it felt really good. Um, but it was hard. I mean, uh, there's no denying um, the team and my my group can tell you uh, it took a lot. Of, I had written stuff down and then came to the group and like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And um, that support, it actually turned out, I even planned it, that that conversation would happen like the night after the group meeting so that I would go with all this power behind me um, and support. So you know, that it was good. And it, it's continued to be good, that relationship. Um, it's continued to have set, you know, a whole new perspective between us and understanding. So typically what happens with a lot of us is we do stuff feeling burdensome, thinking that we're planting seeds that we're going to yield a harvest for because we're doing it in service. But you're but we're planting negative seeds because we really don't want to do it. So we can't say we're going to be of service and we do it with an attitude expecting to reap a good harvest. You planted a bad seed, you're going to you're going right. to reap what you sow, right? So that's exactly that's the first understanding. So once once you get clear on what you want, now we have to train the people around us to now operate in our new desire yes, for freedom. Exactly. We have to be consistent. You know, I couldn't fall back on old habits. Um, and so that's sometimes painful. You know, I'll get a comment about, I wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> and, you know, that's fine. It, it's it's fine. It doesn't bother me now because it's like, okay, that's how you feel. Okay. Not how I feel. No problem. You know, I've stopped trying to change the other person. I can't, I can't change her. I can only change me. And, um, you know, I, one of the, quotes I, I mean i've got so many quotes in my journal and that i love and um listen to over and over again and abraham hicks uh, one of the best things i think was when she said people will love you people will hate you and none of it will have anything to do with you and you know that's a powerful thing to learn so how does that um because freedom is what we really want and we never have it because, you know, and this is so I want you to I want you to to come off the the, the one scenario because I want you to yep. I want you to put it up a little bit. Does yep. that make sense? So sure. To... Yeah. OK, great. Because it because that opens up so much in other areas of your life. It but does. the one anchor point is what needs to be solved yes. for everything to open up. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of times, you know, and, and we've done it, right? Like it's the, it's the basis of my philosophy of trauma default. What is your <laughs> default response to stress? What is right. your, your default response to trauma? What's your trauma default when you're put into a situation? What is your default setting that's typically rooted in one or two things? 
So what I go for, let's get this root and then the 25 other things just kind of fall apart because you can spend your life trying to patch 25 leaks in a water hose or you can just turn the water hose off. Right. So how did that scenario of saying, hear me, because we're because we talk to people that we love all the time. They don't hear nothing. Like we just marriages, yeah. kids, like nobody, people that work, they don't listen to us, which is frustrating. And then you get into this whole downward spiral. So how did that conversation of you pausing to say, hear me, this is what I need to say. How did that open up other areas and channels in your relationships? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that experience changed. Um, how I talk to my daughter and, you know, uh, I'll say, oh, gee, I'm repeating, I'm repeating things. I need to stop. I'm sorry. Um, it's, it affects me at work. I mean, I, I have more confidence and can step back and, and deal with things that come up and say, you know, well, how am I going to deal with that? And directly deal with it um, instead of, you know, just letting it go. Um, it's just a different way of, of confidence, you know, it, it provides and it's not easy. You know, I, it, there's no magic wand that you do that big thing and then it's all going to be easy. It's, it's definitely not easy. Um, it's a lifelong, I imagine, learning to stay that way and that's why you know i have to listen to my inspiring video youtube talks on my way to work or my dancing music with my top down in the summer or um and i'm sure i look ridiculous to everybody on the road but that's okay i don't care um and you know i have to do things my affirmations every morning and i have to do my, you know, my reading and my exercise and all those things go into helping me to be who I'm becoming and not go back into that trap of who I've been. Oh, that's good. I hope you didn't rehearse the questions that I sent you because none of these questions that I'm asking you was on that paper. <laughs> okay, great. So the hard work that you talked about is self-care. Yes. <laughs> so that's true. Now, like you labeled all of them. I listen to music. I, you know, I do my affirmations. I read. I dance. I and, I, and I've been saying this for years. I exercise. Women don't understand the power of creating a ritual of actually carving out time to, to, to work that's on your exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and I actually, you know, one thing I hadn't been doing and I, I started consciously doing this week because I'm really busy at, at work um, is to take an hour lunch with my friend, with a friend and, you know, just relax for an hour, a couple of times a week. So, you know, that is it. You always have to keep looking for what I can do to take care of myself. Right. Um, and so I hope to continue that because I plan to, because it was helpful. 
you know, in a busy environment. Um, it's been helpful and it's okay. Nobody cares that I do that. <laughs> Who cares? Um, nobody, because I'm going to get my job done. And that's what should matter. That's so powerful because we don't think we can go to lunch because they're going to need us. Right. right. So we're, we're self-consciously, we're self-imposed limitation and holding ourselves hostage to always be available to everybody while we're crazy and tired. Everybody is busy. Yes, that's true. Everybody is busy. So you were like, and this, and this is what's so funny. Because it's easy for us as women, boss women, bossy women, to tell other people what they need to take to do to take care of themselves. You have consciously. <laughs> <laughs> you said consciously it is hard work. And I'm thinking it's gonna be something big. You're like, like, what's the big reveal? I started going to lunch for an hour. What? Right? But that's the thing right. is that's huge for a woman in leadership. Huge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is, unfortunately. And, you know, there's there's one other thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about this interview. And it's not only in my case, being a woman in leadership, I, you can probably relate to this. And it, but it's being a Southern woman. You know, I was raised. Um, Miranda Lambert has a song called Mama's Broken Heart. And the, the um, chorus is go and fix your makeup, girl run and hide, you're crazy, start acting like a lady, because uh, I raised you better, got to keep it together, even when you fall apart, but this ain't my mama's broken heart. And, you know, so on top of everything else, us that are Southern women, you know, have this whole history, generational of what a, what a lady is, and what we're supposed to do, and how we're supposed to take care of our family and be that way in, in our work environment. And, you know, the news that I don't have to be that person. I'm still a lady. I'm still care for my family and people around me, but you know, I'm, I'm a businesswoman. I, I know my stuff and I don't have to stay in the corner, you know, Ooh, that's good. Yes. Felisa said, I carve out two hours every day for my daily walk. Insane for a high right. busy lawyer, right? No one yep. said a word because the work still gets done. So yep. we tell we blame other people for why we can't take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Women blame their kids and their husband for why they can't take care of themselves, right? And then we're right. sick while taking care of them while we're sick. Right. Some women can't imagine. They get angry, Deborah, when I tell them, these are the women who choose not to work with me, which is okay. <laughs> angry when I tell them, you know what you need to do to get promoted? Take care of yourself. No, they want their boss to see them in a different way. If you're crazy, he see crazy. <laughs> if you're tired, he's going to see tired. And you're not going to be as productive. You I mean, it, Go ahead. yeah, I mean, you, we have to have rest and I'm guilty still. I mean, I have a lot going on and sometimes I'm not good about that. Um, but I have to 
keep reading and listening and trying to get back on track when I fall off the, the wagon. But here's the thing that you created, which Abraham Hicks always talks about. You created the vortex. So you have something that you're moving towards. You know what it feels like to have joy and peace and you move towards it and then you pop out and you be like, but I know what it feels like. And then you pop out. <laughs> you know. So Abraham Hicks says, I love knowing that I have the vortex because when I get into the vortex, good things happen to me. But when I get outside the vortex, I get excited because I get to go back to the vortex that I know what exists. Right. And then I pop out and then I get excited because I know what I'm going back to. So yeah. we had this point of um, the goal with with all of you is to create that one point of joy, which is that high that we're always chasing. We're yeah. always like and then it's like, OK, well, I well, now that this is and once you get here and it becomes normal, now you say, OK, I want to come. I want to be higher. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. We should all be striving for that. What are your thoughts on, um, cause you talked about it. So, you know, on top of the, how do I, how do I say this? Which one came first, the habits or the forgiveness, or did they happen simultaneously and the habits allowed you to, uh, uh, ease in the forgiveness. Which one happened first? Do you remember? I I really had the forgiveness happen for me first. Mm -hmm. I I was you know I was following the habits, and I remember I started that first week with forgiveness, and got on the call and was like, oh man, this is hard. And everybody said, oh well, you know you can wait till like week four. So I did follow. You know, I think it was that would have that would have been a lot later for me to deal with the forgiveness. But but, you know, karma happens. Right. Whatever you want to call it. In my world, it's, you know, Heavenly Father is going to tell you when you need to know something. Um, so that was a night early on when they said, oh, you can wait four weeks. And then that night I got a text from that person. and that I said no to <laughs> in the text and I had to deal with it right then. Um, so, you know, whatever you have to deal with, you have to deal with. And once I did that, I was able to follow all the rest of the stuff. Um, so for me, it was first. So here's the thing, cause I was talking to some women last night who were like, Oh, I'm going to wait to go through the forgiveness. I, you can forgive now. <laughs> I had to forgive now that you were holding a ball of fire yeah that was tense and you're holding it walking around with it like a torch do, 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 do. and once you just let it go it's just a decision to let go it is everything such a, everything you let go i mean it's such a it was such a big decision for me and action for me mm -hmm. that you know it didn't make everything else easy as you know i'm still working on things but it allowed me to focus on the rest of the stuff that I needed mm -hmm. to work on. Mm -hmm. This is when I think about it, it's, you know, when, when the, the scripture says, tell the mountain to go. If, if anybody believes that they can tell the mountain to go throw itself into the sea, it shall be done unto them. The mountain is this huge insurmountable problem 
that everything that you can solve on your own is on the other side of that. But we're walking around with this ball of fire that we yeah. think that we can't let go. Well, go throw yourself into the sea and it shall. And if you believe that you can be delivered from it, like a lot of women have panic attacks or they're depressed. And I wrote a, a, a quote yesterday and I was like, Ooh, that's good. Stop. Instead of coping in your anxiety or your depression, you can be delivered from it. If we just let go of the one thing that we're carrying around that we don't think that we can solve because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings or yeah. it's going to be inappropriate or it's not going to be right. Or this person is going to be so angry that they're going to leave forever. Right. When you really need to be freed from that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I found that when I'm true to myself, those relationships have sometimes turned around and been very good, become very good relationships. So it didn't necessarily end the relationship. It just helped to improve it. Um, you know, I, I was listening to Joel Osteen last week. And he said, um, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but if you, if you don't have major things get in your way, you know, when that happens, that just means that God has many bigger things for you because Satan's going to try to stop people who have a great future. And, you know, I think, you have to become aware that it's okay for things to be put in your path. Um, and we won't talk about the thing I'm never just mention again in my past um, because I'm not talking about it anymore. But what I've learned is I learned a lot from bad experiences. And if I hadn't had them, I wouldn't have learned it. So that's the pot. It's positive. There's really, you can look at everything positive. Napoleon Hill said, for every seed of adversity, there's an equivalent seed of benefit. Yep. So, so before we end, we got four more minutes. Okay. So you were going to, to visit your daughter for Christmas. I was, yeah. Do you want the story? Uh, I want the how you prepared for okay. For for um, in 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 harmony or I don't I want to say inharmonious relationship, but then I just messed the whole word up, right? And then what was the byproduct of that? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was going out for Christmas, and um, there's just some difficult things going on in my daughter's life. So I've been working really hard on myself, and I wanted to bring that to her the positive to her. And so it's a six hours to get to her flying. And I um, spent all my time listening and reading my listening to my favorite things that have come out of the course and reading I'd gotten before I downloaded a ton of very helpful books. Um, I read Bob Proctor and, you know, took notes and I really focused on that. And um, had a lot of prayers and we got there and, and things went really well. And, um, at Christmas, uh, Christmas morning, well, not Christmas Eve night, 
a bunch of stuff was delivered to her front porch. And we were looking at it Christmas morning and it was a, it was a, a ton of gifts to her and her fa- and her kids that was anonymous, a secret Santa. And all it said was love you Steph. And it included a chunk of change. Um, and people, you know, have no idea when you're going through a tough time, how much care like that means to you. Um, it was not only touching to her, but to her dad and me because we love her. And um, I think going into that situation with a positive attitude and belief that things were going to work well for all of us that week. Um, certainly set the stage for positive things to happen. Would it have happened anyway? Possibly. I mean, I, I, you know, she is loved by many people um, who really want to make her feel loved and, and wanted. So um, I don't think I can take all the credit, but I think, <laughs> but I think it certainly helped me and her to set the stage to be positive and stay that way, you know, the whole holiday. Um, we had a great time. So. Yeah, we're going to take credit for that. We're going to give that. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Like you were going to go. <clears throat> and, and when we expect and anticipate drama, we're going to get exactly what we want. And we all have family where we don't have the best relationships or there's always something popping off always. So, so the instruction was if you, if you do the work before you arrive, because what happens is once you get high, which is my, which is my, um, how do I say our secret recipe? I'm going to get you high, man. I'm going to get you high. So once we get you high, life will want to bring you back down. So it's like, okay, so if you anticipate coming down, what are you going to do to stay here and bounce down, bounce back up? Because you want to stay enjoying freedom. So yep. what we talked about was doing more in anticipation. We can all anticipate, even if it's a funeral, people pop right. off, you know, family are real crazy when somebody dies. Like it's, it's insane. Like if we're going into the fire, Right. How can I now hold my new reality when I'm going into a volcano? Right. And it's all mental. So it's not, is it true? Maybe. Right. So it's like, okay, so now you said I was reading on the plane. I was doing my affirmations. I was doing this, 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 this. And you actually started to 2x what you were doing, anticipating something. Yeah. And it's not an inharmonious relationship with your daughter. So, you know, I just want to clear that up. No, um, no, no. We're, yeah. we're, we're great. Um, yeah, it I just doesn't want to have to do with, with the three of us, my, yeah. my husband and daughter. And me. Yeah. I just want to clear that up. So we didn't leave an external that. situation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to leave that open to interpretation. So people I appreciate that. Want to do that. I right. That. Um, and then when you expect it, you arrived, not expecting the volcano, no. You arrived expecting peace and joy and harmony and laughter and love. And I don't know how it's going to happen. 
And then, boom, boom, like the doorbell rings, <laughs> y'all open the door, all these toys, and you called it a chunk of change, a chunk of, of bills. Yes, it was. <laughs> right? It was. Like a chunk of bills show up anonymously, you got what you expected. Yeah. So, and and one day, Deborah, hopefully before the four months is over, you will own you created that with your mind and your expectation. And God was like, boop, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. And you know, and I will say too, over time, um, I mean, she's been working really hard herself. And you know, I I'm really I was back out last week and she's happy, you know, she's really happy. And that, that makes, um, and the kids, I mean, that makes us, that just makes it even better. So we're learning together how to take care of ourselves. And, um, you know, I think that is great for us and, mm -hmm. you know, our relationships and her relationships. And, um, I'm so proud of her. I'm really, really proud of her. So I, I, I honor you, right? Thank you for allowing me to crack you in the head <laughs> on the phone because, you know, initially a couple months ago, because I always tell women, it only, we always want other people to change, but it only takes one person to, to pick up the mantle, to change generational stuff forever. Like if you want peace in your house, you become peace and everybody will have peace. But we want peace externally before we think that we can have peace. Once you became peace, all everybody around you started to have peace based on just the one radiating light in the family. And it only takes one person to say yes. Yeah. So so I applaud you for that. Do you have any um, closing comments for any of the um, the uh, listeners and the audience on the line? Well, uh, you know, I would just like to say um, to anybody who is considering working with you, um, what I think was most important and I would recommend is that you listen and accept advice and you be willing to share yourself in the calls. Um, do everything you're asked to do, whether you understand it, believe it, or think it's good, and do it. And do it with open mind and confidence and um, be on every call, you know, don't miss calls. You, you can't get that back. And keep an open mind. And last, journal and, and contemplate how those lessons relate to your life and then you can go back and see that and as you progress you can see that the difference from week one to week eight or week nine or month five um i have filled up a journal since the end of september so it, it's been an ex excellent experience and it's not over and mm -hmm. i'm glad for that yeah we're, we're so, always evolving Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I just want to say thank you. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you. Even even when, you know, I, I knocked me upside the head. Um, <laughs> I only got off one call where I had to, you know, sort of think, why did that happen? Um, and 
<laughs> and and it, you know it was it was needed. And I, I understood that. And you know, I was like, wow, okay, I need to work on that. <laughs> Leandra, Leandra, who's all up in the comments, always be like, you need to put on a helmet. And I'll be like, no, you put your crown on. And 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 we were in, in the inbox going back and forth the other day. And I said, the hardest work that the hardest thing that I do, there you go. There she go. Let's see. Let me get it on right. Kathy, you see that? I, wow. got it. Oh. <laughs> I don't have my pins to keep it on my You got to get the pins to keep that. Oh, there she goes. I like that. Yep. Yep. She got that hair. That hair. All right. All right. Deborah busting the crown out. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So the, the, the women have lit up the lines. They love it. They appreciate your feedback. They appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, well, thank you. Thank, thank you, so everyone. I love all of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so y'all can join me. You just get on my email list, changenowwithchrissy.com, get my free case study and learn how to get a 30% raise. Uh, get your piece without burning out or getting another degree. Stop getting all these degrees. Or you can join me tomorrow um, from 9 to 2, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, for the Superpower Method virtual experience. You can go to the superpowermethod.com. And let me get these last two. Kathy said, come through, crown. <laughs> Love you, Kathy. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, Leandra. Oh, all of them. <laughs> all of them are coming through. Deborah, uh, Hi, Deborah, give you a shout out. Felisa said, what at crown? <laughs> Kathy said, yes. Leandra said, yes, for the crown. So, um, Anyway, I appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We have to jump. Deborah, don't hang up. Um, okay. Well, I appreciate you all for showing up. Uh, I appreciate the VFM women for showing up and supporting their sister, um, you know, as she just shared the lessons that she's learned. So I, I greatly appreciate you for, for showing up and really just sharing. And this is what I really want women to know. is It's one is never too late. <laughs> That's very true. Right. I could be the mom of some of these ladies, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late to change. And what I really, the reason why, you know, we share these interviews is not necessarily about uh, client acquisition um, as much as it is about, I want women to know that they can change. I, I want, because I was stuck and we implode mentally first and we fall apart, not knowing that the, the high achieving ambitious, badasses, queen, lioness, queen bee, we can change and we can have the quality of life that we desire and deserve. So that's really um, what this is about. So thank you so much for showing up and showing out, Deborah. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.